Everyone faces questions and decisions that require insight and answers as we move forward personally, professionally, and corporately in all areas of this thing we call life in America today. Hello, this is Joe Schofield, and I invite you to tune in every Monday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. as we talk together and hear from key leaders of all ages and backgrounds about your questions. Interesting, informative, intuitive, but always encouraging. Tune us in on BBS Radio Network. Join Pastor Joe and co-hosts Ron Greer, Dr. Paul Hall, Stephanie Thayer, and Dr. Craig Thayer in Raising Expectations. Well, good evening, friends. It's sure nice to have you with us tonight, and Merry Christmas to you and to your family and loved ones. Uh, And we hope they're the same. That will work out really good for you. In any event, we're excited to be with you tonight. Uh, Raising Expectations is your show, your team, your family, and we are here to hopefully uh, encourage and strengthen you each week. That's what we wish to do. We pray to do all of us uh, that we would lift you up that way. So it's been a busy, busy week, I'm sure. It's just been one day. This is going to be exciting, isn't it, to see what's coming down the road for us. Uh, tonight we, uh, we've got some very special program for you. We had, uh, Dr., um, we have Dr. Georgette Nichols and, uh, she'll be with us. Going to say a word about that in a moment. We also have, we had, uh, Congressman, congressional candidate Charles Lingerfeld and we'll tell you about that in just a moment too. We never worry around here. In fact, we're probably all related to Alfred E. Newman, at least the older ones of us are. What we worry, we never worry about anything. So we're in good shape. In any event, we want you to see the team again. Again, I'm Pastor Joe. I know uh, a lot of you probably know me, but uh, I'm a retired pastor, school teacher, author, this, that, and the other, and God's always been good, and I love him with all my heart. And I love through him to be able to introduce to you my best friends in the whole world and what they mean to me in my life. And as your your co-host team here on this program, Raising Expectations. First of all, we'll go back to the West Coast and start today. We kind of threw them a loop last week, but we're going to go back to the thriving metropolis of Lompoc, California, which could be called Rocket Town. You know, it could be called. That's it. There's a lot of stuff (laughs) there, but uh, I don't know if that, uh, they should, that'd be a good name for it too. But anyway, Dr. Paul Hall, my friend for over 50 years. Gosh, it's a long time, isn't it? But uh, Paul's a retired pastor. He's a Bible teacher. He's a, a, He was a principal like me at Christian school over all that. He's done just about everything in his life. Most of all, he loves Jesus. And through him, the love of Christ has flowed through and touched so many people in so many ways. I know because I'm one of them. We're glad to hear Paul. Love you, brother. And good to have you. Good to see you. Absolutely good to see you. So moving from Lompoc, California, and going, let's go all the way to the East Coast. We'll go from the West Coast to the East Coast. And all the way there, we have our good friends in Dalton, Georgia. We have Dr. Craig Thayer and, of course, Steph Thayer. Uh, They're coming to us from uh, Dalton, Georgia, which is in North Georgia, near South Carolina, not far from Chattanooga, where you go up to look up mountain, you can see the river and the bend, and you can also see Alabama. And if you look hard enough, you will be able to find the best people in the whole state right here, the Thayers. And, uh, you know, 
They are so much fun. Uh, Steph is the founder and um, CEO of Quenching Well. She's a nutrition specialist. She knows how to help you understand what to eat, how to eat it, and how to take care of your body. And uh, she loves the Lord Jesus Christ also. And she is an example and a witness to thousands of people that they minister to in her program. And with her program right there as they team up is her husband, Dr. Craig, we lovingly call Tank. And uh, we just know that if we ever had to be in an alley anywhere, I want Tank with me. But in any event, just going from that right there, you always want to have a good coach with you. How did I, That did the good on that. I think covered that up. But in any event, they're from uh, back there in Georgia, and he is a trauma surgeon. He's basically been like a missionary. He's done surgeries, helped people in many, many places, not just here. He's also an author. We're going to hear a little bit more about his new book that's coming out called Save. We're excited. His first book is going to be such a home run when it comes to knocking the ball out of the park and blessing people's lives. So they come to us all the way from Georgia or Georgia, uh, where there are very few spiders. We just want you to know that. But moving <laughs> Right along. At least in our house. Lots of fun. Yeah. And not very many spiders. Yeah, at least not where they are. That right, Tank? Yep. Yep. (laughs) In any event, uh, we want to go back to Central America now. One of our favorite pastors in the whole wide world is there in McKinney, and that's Pastor Ron Greer, who comes by way of that's him right there, folks. And he comes by way of Milwaukee. I'm sure he knew Laverne and Shirley a long time ago. And if you're our age, you'll remember. If you're not, just Google it. It's in there somewhere. But in any event, he has done so many things with his life. And I know he's a counselor. He's been a pastor. He's a, he's a counselor with, with Man in the Mirror based out of Florida, and he helps counsel men. The great thing about that, he just brings men right to where they can look in the mirror, like it says, and say, hey, God, what are you doing in my life? How did I get here? Where are you going to take me? And sometimes when you're praying, you need to see somebody with skin who can say right back to you, and I'm right here for you. And that's just what Ron does with people everywhere. We're thrilled to be a part of the team here we call Raising Expectation, and you bless our lives each week. Now, as we think about this tonight, we have with us uh, Dr. Georgette Nichols, you might remember her. She was the Texas whistleblower. We were with, she was with us in August. She's on the front of Christian Times Magazine here. Uh, I think you can see that. There may be a little glare there. She's the one on the left, because <laughs> the other one's me. But in any event, she's in Christian Times Magazine. <laughs> and she is a doctor of pharmaco- pharmacology. I say that right? Pharmacy. 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 Doctor of Pharmacy. I wish she could do both. She's so good. You're going to enjoy her. She has quite a story in her life. She's coming back to tell us more about what's going on right now in the drug world and legal sales and the things that she exposed and has probably saved countless thousands of lives. She'll be with us again in January as one of our January guests here on Raising Expectations. So we also uh, are going to invite her tonight to be a part of our family. We have a extended family, just like Charles, who is a part of that. Charles will be with us. He was so frustrated. He was trying to find somebody to fill in. I said, Charles, don't worry. We'll bring you back next week, and uh, it'll be just fine. And I said, with this group of people, we usually run out of time. We don't look for time. Right, Ron? Right. All right. So Georgette Nichols, uh, Dr. Nichols, she likes to be called Georgette. Just another example of her heart. Georgette, welcome to Raising Expectations. We're going to give you the round-the-clock uh Left to right. Yeah, left to right. Welcome to Raising Expectations. We're glad you're here. Here she is. All right. 
And tonight, just so you'll know, Georgia, I think we kind of talked about it on the phone this week. Uh, we're going to kind of go this direction, and I'm going to just pitch this out here and get blessed by all these people. But, you know, everybody here can tell that we truly do live in a very troubled world. Just turn the news on or turn it off, and sometimes it's so bad it comes through the TV when it's off. But the news in the nation and around the world today is really, really a mess. It seems like we have so many more questions than we've been to dream about answers for them. And even to our America, our beloved America, the nation that we love and uh, our churches and our homes, so many things going on. We want to look and draw our attention to Christmas because the answer to every problem that's everywhere is what God gave us at Christmas. When he gave us his only begotten son, who was born in a manger, not just to be a baby, not to be just someone who was chased by the, the police and eventually crucified. No, not just to be a great teacher. The living son of God, who is fully man, fully God, understands every need that we have. And therefore, <laughs> you don't have to go around carrying a Bible and preaching it, everybody. You just have to let him live his life through you, and you can encourage everybody you meet. Christmas is a time of family and a time of uh remembering what he's done for us. So last week, Georgette, like we talked about, we talked about um, some of our favorite things that happened in our family, in our homes, uh, growing up, what Christmas meant to us. And then we also talked about how that kind of made us think about the Lord. And the older we get, the more the years go by, the more we realize how precious those things were to us. So uh, I think we'd like to just launch it out to you uh, since she's a lady, we have a rule here, ladies first. Thank you, Ron. We got it, man. <laughs> ladies first. So uh, then we can kick it up uh, to, to Steph. And uh, maybe you have one you'd like to share with us from why Christmas is special to you, because I know you love the Lord and your life exemplifies that. Absolutely. So I'm first or stuff, which lady? <laughs> you okay, neat. Awesome. Okay. So one of um one of my favorite, I think, Christmas traditions, um, is we always would we wouldn't focus on the gifts as much. Like we would obviously do the gifts, um, we do some, but we'd really focus on like, you know, the true meaning of Christmas, kind of like what you're saying, Pastor Joe, and then really giving get, extending the giving thanks season. And the reason um, behind the whole message, and that is that we, you know, we were given that blessing and that gift um, through Jesus Christ uh, during these holidays. And so in my family, what we do is we usually, you know, we never did a huge gift exchange. We kind of like always gave each other what we needed during the year. But during at Christmas, we just spent that time. We usually, you know, reread um, in the Bible, kind of the nativity and that. But then we'd watch, you know, obviously our favorite Christmas movies. Um, and then we would we would just talk about, you know, what God did in our lives that year. And we would really kind of focus on the goodness God brings and the different trials. Because sometimes when you're actively in the trial, you know, you're not really thinking about the goodness at the end. So we would really reflect on that. And then my dad would make snow cream, which we don't get a lot of it in Texas, sadly, uh, like none. Um, so it's been a hot minute <laughs> in Texas. But when we were in Ohio, he would go out and he'd get um, snow from the ground, obviously clean white snow. Um, and then we'd mix it with uh, sugar and cream and he would make me ice cream. 
Oh. And that was like a family tradition. Uh, his grandpa used to do out of North Carolina. And so we would make snow cream and kind of all have fun and um, just talk about the blessings God gives us. Because, you know, if you look at it like King David failed, right, multiple times in his life. He did a lot of crazy things um, like we all do, but he always gave joy to God and really just uplifted the blessings in his life. And because of that, I think that's really why God called him the apple of his eye. And mm. so when we focus really on those blessings, especially during the season, kind of carving out that time, it, it's so wonderful. And God really loves that. He wants us to focus on the good. Right. Although he controls both things, the good and the bad, um, focusing on his goodness and realizing like even the bad and the trials are brought by him is really what I just I it just uplifts you and it gives God glory. And he's so um, excited when we see his handiwork. Um, so, yeah. Amen. Amen. Hey, it's it. Oh, Stephanie, I guess, right? There we go. Okay, so I shared last week. This one is, is less holy, Georgia. So I, I shared this to another group. Um, we, we lived close to Tahoe. So as soon as I could walk, we were, I was skiing. It's just our whole family. I'm sorry, we married into that. So a lot of times we would go up to the snow. And if I was really lucky, because I was the only child at the time, I would have a loft space in some rented house, right? Which is the best because they all think you're asleep. You're not asleep. You're watching everything that the adults are doing. But my aunts, they're both strong personalities and very different personalities. And they decided that they were going to go some back way that was faster. Mm-hmm. And they got completely stuck. So anybody that's local to where I grew up in Kirkwood, mm-hmm. we high centered some little Honda Prelude. And I had the best day. I was probably six or seven. There were other families that were also stuck. And so I just sled and I had this great time and they did not have a great time. And it took like eight hours or something to get out of it. We finally got to the cabin. They were not getting along. And to top it off, I was in a loft. So I got to listen to all the adults talking and it was one of my favorite memories. And I know it was just a a kerfuffle for adults. I loved it because I was outside playing with other kids. And for me in the house, there weren't other kids, right? So their worst issue was like a perfect playground for me. So, um, and I, I've made ice cream, Georgia, kind of like you were talking about snow. And I don't know why, because we always had snow around, Um, but we've done the hand churned, you know, where you take Yeah. So we we need to try that with snow. Y'all should do it. It's so good. So like, you, I think it's been a long time because we're in Texas, but like it was whipping cream, vanilla extract, sugar, and then like he would slush it, like you said, hand churn it, and it's so good. It was like it's almost like a snow cone meets an ice cream situation. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was so good. We would be we'd be eating that and watching It's a Wonderful Life, and it was. It was really good. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, amen! Favorite movie. You know what would make that better? The thing that makes snow cream better is fudge chips. The fudge oh, chips. Uh, there you go. That's and, it, Paul. That's it. Yeah. Fudge yeah. chips. We're gonna Coming ask you. Soon. That's a ticket. Coming to you soon. <laughs> I haven't had any yet, guys. It's terrible. It's the 12th of December. No fudge yet. Yeah. Wrong. I'll have to admit, I had fudge and chocolate. <laughs> what did you think of us? 
Did you think of us? I hope you did. I, I actually did think of you. <laughs> yeah. And I quickly pushed out my brain and said, no, I'm <laughs> No, you're supposed to have it. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. boy, that's pretty good. Wow. <laughs> Love fudge. This is the month. I got to go find some somewhere. I actually have another little fudge pop in the refrigerator still right now. I just brought it to your mind. I saw you light up. Yeah. In the one month, I can have it all. Oh, yeah. Watch out for your wife. She sees it. She might take it. Right. Or your granddaughter. Oh, oh. Oh, hey. hey, hey. Well, you know, that that's the uh, one, one weird thing I've ever. Granddaughter is two and over two, and she does not like sweets. It's just oh. the most bizarre thing ever. A miracle. It Amen. doesn't. It doesn't like any sweet drinks, sweet candy, cookies, cake, nothing. Love the only thing she, the only thing she'll eat is a uh, uh, Whataburger apple pie. Part of like a part of that, oh. and because it's not really sweet, sweet. But other, she's the strangest kid ever. Stephanie's <laughs> got to interview her. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm starting to I'm starting to question the genetic line here because uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, oh un- unreal unreal I I wish I had her her taste buds <laughs> yeah, really yeah <laughs> so oh. who else what what did you do to get in trouble on Christmas that people can think back and remember in their lives hmm. that I would confess. Mine would be because I was always in charge of getting the Christmas tree together for the lights. And so if there was an extra strand, I'd put it in my sister's room. She couldn't see it. And then in out of nowhere, as she's barely asleep, I would turn it on. <laughs> Sounds about right. I okay, only child again. So I was almost ten. My family would pay me to not talk. Like I, I made serious money. (laughs) It was like five minutes or whatever, and I would just lay there, and I'd watch that clock pay up, and (laughs) and then I'd talk again. (laughs) They would pay you not to talk. Yeah, I can't imagine. Not much has changed. What can I say? <laughs> that's awesome. Now I need wow. to talking. It's so weird. Sure. <laughs> oh, that's oh, amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, well my, well, I, you know, I shared last week mine, some of the most favorite ones, but um, it was mainly around the things that were happening around the table. Not much. Of, I mean, the the other um, one that always comes to mind, I still remember, and it's weird. Every time I see some kid with a skateboard, it goes back to my memory. So Christmas <laughs> morning, uh, for some reason, I think one of the cheapest toys to buy was these metal roller skates, clip-on roller skates. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we lived in a, in a government housing project. And on Christmas morning, you'd hear this almost almost sounded like a light roar of an aircraft coming down the road. Because you'd have 40, 50 kids or more on roller skates and blacktop coming down this hill on Christmas. It was, it was a thing. In the, in yeah. I, have no, I have no idea why. But it's like everybody looked forward to it. And I think two different Christmases, we got skates. Uh, my older brother and I, uh, one Christmas, and then me and my brother under me the next Christmas. And uh, we got these clip-on metal skates. And we would literally stay outside all day 
<laughs> did you get hurt or did you survive? Oh, I, I, I survived. Just got hurt a lot. But, <laughs> but you mean you were I mean, in my neighborhood? You really weren't weren't a guy if you didn't get hurt. If you were, you, were, you didn't get hurt. You were a sissy. There you go. There was the Bay City Bombers. That remember the roller derby? <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. People Ford. So same same skate middle. Yes. Yeah. To go on your shoe, and we'd be out there, and there was like my best friend who was a year younger than me, and then his younger brother who we'd throw in the bushes and he'd be out, and then. But he had an older brother, and there was another kid on the street. So literally, it was like, yeah, yeah. Was- that was we, we they had like several games that we play, and you know your your biggest, I would say, your biggest problem was if you were too small. There's certain games that teenagers would let you play, but then you yep you had a irritant like me who would insist on it, and they let me play, and I didn't realize I was a fun. <laughs> they would do. <laughs> And they would do that kind of stuff, right? They would you know, whip your, they'd play whip to uh, snap yeah, the whip. Uh, yeah, yeah. You would run on the end. Yeah. You're yeah. down the end into the bushes <laughs> over there. And I thought it was so great. It was. And, and, and here's a good thing, right? You know, we, and we were industrious because uh, the reason I think about the skateboard is when this, you wore the skates out and they broke, one would break and you got one left, but you couldn't buy an extra one. So you take the skates, take them apart. Flatten them out and put them on a piece of board, and that was a skateboard. That was a skateboard. (laughs) I rate your teeth out. I remember those. Hey, (laughs) I almost mentioned this at the the last uh, radio show we had, but my best friend growing up, I don't know why, her dad had a toboggan that had wheels on it, like you're talking about. And her driveway, Megan, her driveway was like this. I don't know how we didn't die. That was a thing you really? underneath the car with. No, no, no. It was an actual toboggan. It wasn't like the cool thing for being a mechanic. Was it flexi? Yeah. We, we would, I don't know how we didn't get hit by cars. We talked about it to this day. We're 42 years old. Like, what? <laughs> Who? Uh, I, I played Bill Cosby's thing with the um, the boxes, right? The, yeah, they're racing down the hill with. Well, I think there's some kids that have their overextended stay with guardian angels. They overwork the force. You think? I got, I got to tell you one real quick. just, and then they'll kick it. Paul, I'm, I know you're probably thinking there, but again, my, with my kids, they, they all love music. They all sang, played my son's band, you know, is number one in the world, 2008. The myriad, and then uh, my daughter, she's been singing for Jesus. She's got so many albums and songs out, but she, I'm going to tell on her anyway. She may be watching. We're in trouble. But we live in Castro Valley, California, which is the East Bay. You know where that is. Yeah, Castro Valley. Yeah, you know. Well, there's a place by Lake Chabot out there, you might remember. Well, we went out and we'd get the Christmas tree. And so I would take the kids and had this old bomb of a station wagon. I was a single adult pastor at the church. So we go out and we cut this tree. There's a tree farm up there by Lake Chabot, right in Castro Valley. So we're up there with the kids, and I'd always let them pick. And I'll say, remember, we only have so much height in the ceiling. We had a huge A-frame. The ugliest house today was really modern in the 60s. But uh, anyway, I said, you can only get so big. So be careful. And they always want to get the biggest one. So my son's out there scouting. They're looking in there. Amy's the oldest. She's about eight or nine, maybe eight or nine. 
And she said, uh, okay, so we start down. All of a sudden, we finally found a tree. And she said, no, we could do this, Dad. And I'm thinking, I'm not, it's going to be too big. But, you know, they're all going, Dad, we want this one. We want this one. And I'm such a hard nose. I said, okay, we get it. So I took the, I took the tree. <laughs> we're cutting it down. John and I were cutting it down. Taking forever because it was it was big. So we get this tree down. I'm trying to do it like on TV. You cut this and this way and you check the slant, right, Ron? So it falls down, doesn't kill all the people. So we get it and it falls. It was probably like 14 feet, 12 feet tall. I had this high ceiling. So uh, all of a sudden we get a helicopter comes over. And here's the end of the story. You're not going to believe this. This helicopter is over. Flying around. The the spotlights are going. There's lights everywhere. And we're thinking, what is going on? (laughs) This must be Santa with a naughty list. He's early. You know, anyway, we're looking around and looked at the kids. And and, uh, they looked at me and the girls were a little afraid. And John's looking, you know, my son. And uh, all of a sudden the loudspeaker comes on. Clear the facilities clear this area. We are chasing an escaped prisoner. And <laughs> this is the real deal. It was a police conference. So we are chasing it. He's been he has been sighted right here. Clear the area immediately. And uh so, you know, and he said uh he is wearing no clothing. <laughs> what? So I grabbed the tree. I grabbed the tree because John said, don't give me the tree. I grabbed the tree, John, grab the tree. Start down the hill. Courtney's got this. And we're usually aching the tree and pulling the tree down the hill. I realized I'm missing Amy. Where's my oldest? The, the, the daredevil Amy Jo. She's not afraid of anything. Where is she? Well, she starts up the hill. She's, she's going to find out what's going on. I said, Amy, what are you doing? And, what if they're, and she said, I had to tell everybody. I said, what do you mean? She had taken a stick and written in the dirt in great big letters, beware of naked man. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. All the way down the hill we end, and we get down to the bottom, and the guy down there says, "Did your daughter write that note up there?" I said, "Yeah, it's okay. Don't worry, it's okay." And I took the tree, and we get out. And they all, I look behind, they're all pointing at our car, and they're all laughing. I don't know if they caught him or not, but Amy was on the spot. Paul has her missionary heart. Warn everybody and take care of it. So. Yeah. Valley was a lot of fun. That's the end of my story. Beat the beat the can of ketchup. What are you thinking, Paul? It's a good story. That same helicopter flew over my house today, and oh, uh, said they were looking for Joe. And I, I told him. <laughs> some another naked man. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Beware! Uh, Beware! Yeah. yeah. So I, know, I, I I think uh, Christmas is just one of those. Uh, it's one of those. Um, it's it's more it's more than a an event, if if that makes sense. You know, it's it's such a heart changing kind of thing, and um, and I <laughs> I just uh, I'm always curious to see. It, Lompoc, for example, last year we had a lot of tree lots in town. This year, I think I've seen one, maybe oh. two, and. Uh, and uh, things are changing, you know, uh, people are, um, I, I think the memories that we have, those are just really sweet memories, you know, and, and they they really do, to me, speak of a different time, you know, they, they, they're just different times. And uh, we, we are in, we certainly are in difficult times, but um, our Bible study yesterday, the little home church that I have, uh, and have the privilege of sharing each week uh 
um, I, I shared the thought that <clears throat> Advent, you know, as you move through Advent, we think about chocolate calendars and et cetera, et cetera, you know, and open one and eat the chocolate and, and celebrate and celebrate. And uh, I, uh, I read where uh, I read a sermon um, this past week by Dietrich Bonhoeffer in 1928. And his point was, uh, interestingly enough, he said, um, we have gotten so used to the merriment and the peaceful side of it that we miss the absolute terror of what Jesus came into, you know, right. to change, to impact. And uh, I think about the, all the things that God has used in our lives to make us what we are, to develop us and bring us along and mature us. Most of the maturity comes through struggle. I, if, you know, that's my perspective, but it comes through difficult times. Uh, but, but he is the Lord of the difficult times as well. And, uh, and I think it's I think it's just imperative for us to take all these good things that God has done for us and to us and through us in the past and bring it into the present, um, because there there are an awful lot of folks that are scurrying about uh, that don't realize that they're a part of the terror. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a terrible thing. And uh, and to share, you know, to share our faith. Uh, in times like this, I, I I didn't mean to you know bring bring that back down or anything like that. I just think <laughs> Christmas is Christmas is just one of those things that is so multi multifaceted, and and to realize that Christ Christ really did break into our brokenness to heal us, and it's a <laughs> it's a wonderful thing to think about, you know, and and. Uh, and as much as we try to sterilize it and make it cute and those kind of things, it was it was most difficult uh, for God to become flesh and, and dwell among us to to come alongside us and uh, and um, and to identify with with our with our brokenness and say there's hope you know there's hope and I, and I, I certainly think our world needs to hear a hope message now you know hope means that there can be change there can be change and it can be better it can be for the better and so I, I just think about the you know I smile I smile at the things I got to experience as a kid and I watch the same kind of things in my kids as they got older and now I see it in my grandkids and I mean it, it's it's really it's it's really fun uh, for the most part. But I also hear the questions, well, how many presents am I going to get? You know, that, that kind of stuff, you know. And uh, and I just tell them they're going to get snow cream with fudge bits, and that's there it. There you go. Mm. Man, you covered the whole thing. <laughs> with, 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 with hopefully we're snow. So, yeah. <laughs> so. Amen. That's it. Well, I had a fun Christmas. My One of my favorite ones was, so do y'all – Stephanie may know. Do you remember American Girl dolls? Yeah, I have the books. I'm I'm too old for the doll. I mean, I know them because of my granddaughter, yeah. but yeah. It's just the books. At the okay, so to you know, kind of heard of the American Girl dolls, right? At least they know what I'm talking about. Okay, uh, produced in uh, Wisconsin, 40 minutes from my house. Wow, there you go. That's awesome. Wisconsin company. So there was one Christmas where, like that, that was my jam I was very young and I wanted the American Girl dolls and um my mom bought them all from the catalog and wow. had them wrapped by them and then they put on the bottom of those presents SKU numbers 
that told me what my presents were. And I was an only child. Yes, Stephanie, it was the best Christmas ever. And I sat there and I was like, I would lay out so we could pick out, my mom would let me pick out a couple of gifts the night before. And so when I looked and I was like, these numbers look familiar. And I was only about five or even less. I took the magazine and I opened up the magazine and then I laid out every gift and I had it all arranged in like an assembly line of opening and how I would do it so that I got all the American. And mom's like, what are you doing? I was like, open in Samantha. And then her her uh, her clothes, and then she's got to have the closet for the clothes. And my mom's like, "Honey, how do you know that?" I was like, "There's a number on the bottom of that." And I looked it up in the magazine, and I know that that's that. And she was like, "No, it's not." And I was like, "Oh yeah, it is. Watch!" And I like ripped it open. I was like, "See, Samantha, it was my favorite Christmas." She was so proud. I got to sleep peacefully. Huh? She realized her child was a genius. And then she had to get a Sharpie pen or do something. So we have five children. We have two daughters and three sons. Yeah. Especially they will shake presents. Yep. Every box, you better believe it's not the correct actual size. There's coins in it. There's Legos in it, whatever. We have things that are, nobody knows what's in there because it's your example. It was one of the best. I slept so peacefully that night. I was like, I knew what I got. Everything was good. I was like, I went to bed not not worried about what was under the tree. It was it was it was one of my favorites. Um, it was really. Good. I was a sign you were going to be a great pharmacist. <laughs> Honestly, I, I think of that still when I look at the barcodes in the NDC. Yeah. So I was like, it was inherently in there. You know, at first it was the American Girls Oriental. Oh, now yeah. it's the drug barcodes and indeed. <laughs> so I was like, I always yeah. had that aptitude for some weird numbers that no one cares about. <laughs> so yeah. See, that matters all uniquely. Figured we out. had a we had an FBI agent in our church in uh, in Simi Valley, and uh, his son, he had two sons. One of them was named Chip. And Christmas morning came along, and uh, he unwrapped his present and. Uh, and it was wet. Uh, and so Jim, the agent, asked Chip, why are these wet? He said, well, I knew that you were going to get me some booties, uh, you know, my for my wetsuit. I, I knew you were going to do that. So I just sneaked in and opened the package. And sure enough, they were booties. And I went surfing. And, uh, you know, I came back and I put them back in the box and rewrapped them. You know, <laughs> them under the thing. Shark guy. To rewrap. I mean, that's yeah. the yeah. <laughs> And wet on top of that, you know, wow, that, hello. I know. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Well, I, 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 I wanted to kind of back on your uh, message, Paul. Like I said, that's one, that's one of those things also. I, I have very few memories of meaningful Christmases through our through church or through our Christian friends, uh, unfortunately. But, but you do have the one thing I do recall and do remember that, that's lost. You know, it, was, it would be difficult for anybody uh, anywhere in my neighborhood or anywhere, anywhere we, we, we traffic uh, not to know the Christmas was coming. And it was never, uh, well, very seldom overwhelming secular thing. It was, there was always 
scripture verses. There were always Christmas songs. Uh, well, you know, you, you had things even like later on, Charlie Brown and then Linus doing the whole <laughs> text about who Jesus is, what scripture is all about. I mean, those are so so common and so normal. Um, this is probably shouldn't say this, but anyway, I was <laughs> I can even remember back when I got older, sneaking into the nightclub. Uh, well, we call them dance clubs then, but same thing. Uh, now it's as weird as it sounds. Uh, staple singers, I think uh, uh, there were three secular singers at a very popular time. Who made songs about Jesus' death? I mean, Jesus' birth and Christmas. Yeah, amen. That and unfortunately, we we danced to it in the club. <laughs> I know, but that was before Christ, so I don't know. But yeah, it, yeah. But even as far even as that, I mean, it's just there was a constant sort of theme through the radio, through television, through every everywhere you went. Christmas right. was about the gift of Christ to this this dark world. I mean, it was. It was and if you go back and go back through from the middle '60s up to the late '60s. 69, even 1970, I mean, it, it was, if you lived as a kid, it was dark. Uh, I can remember the Christmas, probably my darkest Christmas memory is 1968. It was just at the end of the riots. Uh, mm-hmm. And the whole city hadn't recovered. It looked like a war zone. And I can remember people painting great big uh, uh, Christmas, Merry Christmas on their big windows with uh, white shoe polish. Um, and it weren't many lights, weren't many trees, just a few things here and there, but it's primarily about Christmas and our scripture verses. Uh, so that's the thing I think misses now. It's just, it's, it's more secular than anything, which is why last week I shared is one, one season of the year. I get really, really, <clears throat> really, really, uh, sarcastic. <laughs> well, I'll get sarcastic, probably, uh, a bit jaded. I, I just, I hate the old commercialism, uh, just, and I guess it's probably my my own my own uh, experience as well. I just it's just such an an, uh, an amazing amazing miraculous uh, you know uh, act that's taking place, and we take it too lightly at times. Yeah, you is it okay if I go, Joe? Go ahead, Stephanie. You made me think of this. So a a lot of Christmas. So part of our family is in Southern California, and then the other part was for Tahoe, uh, and. Um, I would, my, most of my family lives in Pacific Palisades, which is bordered by Santa Monica and Malibu. So what you would think of like, you know, celebrity, blah, blah. It's actually a very wholesome little town. And in Santa Monica, it's a very famous street, Ocean Avenue. It sits over the bluff and there were rows and rows and rows of nativity scenes. So as a child, I loved, there were probably 30 of them. And we would go almost every night. Some people would drive, some people would walk. And I was just trying to look, I don't know what year they stopped doing it. I want to say 2000s. I was in my twenties. I remember getting really upset about it because some people were offended. And it was one of my favorite memories going with my grandparents. And Mm. um, you're right. A lot of it has slowly been taken out what was so common. There were nativities everywhere when I was. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, the, uh, Lompoc has an area, I think they call it Pill Hill. Uh, it's over by the hospital, but the whole neighborhood, they get together at the whole neighborhood and they decorate their homes. And it's just one continuous thing after another, all the way up the hill, uh, around the circle and, you know, back down. And they take, I, I, I have forgotten what you call the, uh, 
luminaries, you know, the, the paper bags with the candles in them. And, and they, yeah, and they line, they line the street, the, the whole street is lined with these luminaries and uh, people just stack up for blocks to be able to drive up through there. You know what I mean? And, and it just, you know, it really does say to me that people, they're hungry. You know, oh, people yeah, are yeah. hungry. They're, they're looking for something to hold on to, you know, and, and, uh, and something that makes sense. And I'm glad that they continue that tradition, you know, uh, and, uh, and it's just a wonderful thing, you know, that happens every year and people look forward to it, you know, and, uh, Christmas Eve, that's just part of the Long Polk tradition. You know, oh, drive up through Pill Hill. You know. Well, you know, you talk you talk to some you know, some of the uh, some of the people we talk to now. Uh, you know, Christmas is a very hard time for them, emotional time. Uh, and primarily it's they're down, right? And it's it, and it's it's weird to me because the people who seem to be most depressed around Christmas are the people who seem to do the most stuff. That makes sense at all. Mm-hmm. It's like shopping becomes this frantic thing they have to do. Decorations have to be just this way. I, I literally have, I won't, I won't call the name, but just in my neighborhood, there is a family that paid $15,000 to have their house done. Oh. Wow. Uh, Christmas lights. Um, and the, the bizarre thing is, they're non Christians. They have no. There's no, no, uh, uh, no basis. In fact, of anything they celebrate, and yet you know you you uh, you you see some of the folk and you talk to them, and they're literally miserable around Christmas. And it's going and, and it's and you look at it and you go, okay, why are they so miserable at a time that everybody's so happy or everybody pretending to be happy? It's just back what you said, Paul. It's just they have no clue what Christmas is. They have no clue what it's about. So there's this this desire and this sort of need to be a part of this thing that's happening around them, but they have no, no reference point for it. So it leaves, I, I, my estimation, it leaves them even more dejected and more depressed uh, than, than they, they normally are because there, there's something celebrated and there's something in some, around them, but they have no clue what it is and they cannot get there. Uh, so again, I, it goes back to that whole thing of, you know, my passion for sharing the, the, the actual meaning of Christmas with anybody I can. And I, I think it's yeah, Ron. You nailing it. I think it's the basic need. If you think what you're saying, it goes back to that basic need that without knowing God, we can't replace it with anything else. And I think it's lit up by Christmas lights, exacerbated to the hundredth degree because they think, oh, if I do this, I will be happy. If I can decorate my house, I will be happy. If I do this. But the flip side of that coin is, even though the nation right now is down from 90-something, 96% used to believe in God, down to 81-point-something that believe in God in the United States of America, they're searching. The only answer comes from Christ, and that's what makes what we're doing, I think, important, because they don't want to be preached to. They probably won't go to a church. You and I, Ron, know specific places where they put on huge Christmas pageants and the pageants are absolutely huge. And I've talked to hundreds and hundreds of people after those. And they said, Oh yeah, we come every year. What do you do the rest of the year? Oh, we're busy. It's It's interesting to me that people go to church. Usually the only two times in the year that are going to convict them and send them to hell. You're still looking for the answers. And, but you and I, all of us, I mean, I see what you're saying. There's an opportunity for us 
when we are excited about what Christmas means and what it has meant, and they're still not buying it because they're not getting it. They're trying this. They're trying that. It's not working. But yet we stay the steady pace and say, hey, like you do in your council, hey, hey, love you guys. We believe in the Lord. We're not ashamed. Romans 6, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, you know, but I'm also not going to throw it in your face and tell you I'm somebody else. That's the woke way. I don't do that. But you know what? If you really want to know, he's the one that'll tell you. Because I agree with you. But we we got a great opportunity, I think. But I really hear what you're saying, Ron. Thanks for sharing that, brother. Yeah, I I jumped in there. Tank, what do you think about that? Yeah, no, some of you said, well, the word Advent. So the word Advent means um, waiting. So we have two Advents. We have old school right. Advent when you're in the Old Testament. You're looking forward to the Messiah coming, right? And our yeah. Savior. Right. That saves us from our sin. And then the second one is when Jesus comes back the second time. That's right. So we've been saved. Interesting, there's two books, right? So the first, you have faith in Jesus, my son, that he's your savior. And you say, yes, okay. And then the next book is, well, what the hell did you do with that? That'll <laughs> <laughs> get their attention a little bit. That's the Thayer yeah, version. That's the, that's the DIV. Yeah. Thayer International version. <laughs> I like it. That's good. Thanks. I like it. Yeah, so I had, I had some friends ask me recently, like, they were like, you know, Christmas is pagan. And I was like, you're right. Some of it is actually, I was like, if we sit and start delineating all this stuff. And I mean, if you start, so I researched it some before the show and I was looking at like, you know, along the lines, everything we've we gained by, you know, we basically monitor and monetized it, right? We publicized it throughout all these centuries with the different, um, like usually the Catholic church and the, in, in the Romans and that, and it was, um, it was institutionalized holiday from the beginning to be pagan, to distract from the true meaning. And so, of course, if we look at it right from where we started, it started as like this Christmas tree. It may have had honorable intentions. It had more the uh, root in like the Catholicism and in the Romans and the Greeks. And then, I mean, as we keep adding it on, right, as we kept going through time, we lost God. In the whole process. And now we're just like we all agreed, right, running around putting up lights to try to feel better about ourselves, buying gifts for everyone to show like, you know, we could do that and buy gifts and, and make people happy. And then we're truly not realizing that, you know, really God gives us the happiness. Yes. That's right. It's a matter of the heart. Yeah. Amen. Amen. There you go. And, and like what Tank said, what the hell did you do with it? In the second book, so like, you know, I was like, he gives us all these wonderful blessings. And then what did you do with it? You know, you're being quoted uh, already, Tank. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting quotes already, Tank. That's good. <laughs> but it's true. It's so true, though. Yeah. It's so true. And if you it's look at it scene. that way, I didn't think of it. You know, I never thought of, like, how much we paganized it throughout all time. And, it, you know, it started innocent. And then now we can't even say Merry Christmas. That offends people. And, yeah. you know, we've removed all the nativity scenes. And... <laughs> So, yeah. Yeah. I think it goes back to uh, uh, how 
how Satan works, you know. Yeah. It, right. it's, there's a constant, uh, a constant struggle mm-hmm. to, to to focus on the, the significance, and then and ignore the uh, the other garbage, right? And it, it's it's an ongoing thing. Like as you said, a Christmas tree was was there to symbolize something that was that was good. And it was I mean great. But again, you found some find somebody who figured out a way to to, to market and, and and monetize it. Oh yeah, exactly. and then along with it, along with everything else. But I, I but I the thing that I um, I want to keep keep urging people to do, especially the men that I I constantly work with. It, it, Paul says um, to Timothy, right, this idea of examining your faith, right. So always being sort of a, a watchful. And keeping track, right? And Peter, same thing. Hey, uh, always on your guard. You know, always mm-hmm. watch. Uh, so we have this conversation, and uh, it's not a Christmas Christmassy message. At least they're not in their minds when they invited me to speak to them. But it's you know, I. We go back to uh, Peter, and you look when he was writing to the to the to the church about all the things they were to do. In other words, it's it, what he says is that. You be careful, be always in your guard, always watchful. Why? Because the Satan is always roaming around, around looking for someone to devour. Well, he's writing to these folk in the midst of the most horrific you know, persecution ever. Yeah. And so his solution was keep marrying, keep training and raising your kids, do your job well. It's, you know, you look at that, it says, all right. Uh, and my being, being uh, this former Marine, I recall that they sort of drilled in our head every single day when I went to boot camp. It's right at the end of Vietnam. Uh, and it, they were always, always, no matter where you went, no matter what you were doing, they always want you to keep the mindset is that you're in a combat zone. Amen. Take your eyes off where you are. Don't get lost. In, with, they have this, some sayings about keeping your head in certain places and not in other places, right? <laughs> but it, it was the idea of you, you wake up in the morning and they would start out by tossing garbage cans down the the squad bay and screaming and yelling at five o'clock in the morning. And the whole idea was, I want you to wake up on your, it was on your mind that you are a Marine. You're mm-hmm. in a combat zone. You always be ready. Mm-hmm. And after a while, it starts making sense to you. Well, I mean, when I came to the Lord, this, when Paul talks about us being a soldier, Amen. it's the same mindset. It's it. So I, my thing to them is you wake up every single morning, praising God for you waking up. The next thing is, uh, what's my orders for the day? Amen. I wake up Amen. knowing that I'm in the middle of a war zone. Yeah, right. All day long, the enemy is going to be trying to attack everything, everything that I believe, everything I know, everything I am. Mm-hmm. And I have to. When Christmas comes around, then it gets overwhelming. They bombard it with nonsense. Bombard it with things that have nothing to do with Christ at all. All designed to distract you from the battle. Distract you from you know this 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 march we on. Uh, so I think that, you know, I think all of it's it behooves all of us, especially during Christmas and the holidays. Be watchful. That's it. Be mindful. That's exactly it, what it's about. Sorry. That's it. And whenever we know, that's good. That's it. And when they come at us at Christmas, just be ready. Whatever is around us. But at Christmas, use whatever opportunity that we can to share that love. Yes. Stephanie, could I just yes. got a note from DJ. Could you give us a word? I'm going to pitch that What's over. Right? We're out of time. Sure. We're having too much fun. So sorry. Um, So we like to banter with you. We like to talk about the Lord. We like to talk about fun and 
silly things and sometimes hard things. And uh, it costs us to be live on the air. We appreciate when you can donate. Um, you can follow along with us at bbsradio.com forward slash raising expectations. You can find all of the current um, live streams, recordings, information about each one of us. You can also donate there. So there's a yellow button for PayPal. There's also instructions with Pastor Joe. If it's hard for you to do that, you can connect with him and um, make other arrangements if you need to. But we're just so thankful that you guys join us here every week. Um, It's a pleasure to do life with you guys and just to be able to be open and honest and um, have an open dialogue. And we hope that that is a benefit to you. Amen. We do. Especially, especially Dr. Georgette with our family this week. That's awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank Thanks. you. For Are you coming back next week, Georgette? I I will yeah. and Joe will have me. <laughs> Come on back no. with Charles. Let's do it again. Yeah, say, I would love that. Can Let's I read y'all one scripture that just we, spoke to me? Yeah, that, go ahead. Uh, it goes we got one minute. We, we okay. have one minute. Go ahead. Okay, so but it says, in Job 30, verse 26, but when I looked for good, evil came to me. And when I, uh, when I waited for light, then darkness, then came darkness. So it was so much what Ron said. Like, we have to be looking for both good and light and darkness because Satan will come. Bring them yes. both. Yes. That's right. Uh, five seconds of piggybacking on Ron. Wake up, you said, and get your orders, okay? I'd put something in between there. Wake up. Get your armor on. Get your orders. So get ready, folks. We we love and appreciate you. Merry Christmas to you. And remember the Lord Jesus Christ. We hope he lives in your heart. Put on that armor. Start your day fresh and know that uh, the great thing is you can't lose. You've already won. God's already yeah. paid it. Just just take the battle realizing you're going to win. And like Zig Ziglar used to say, what am I worried about? I've already won. Just put on the armor and let's go, you know. So thanks, Georgette. Uh, Dr. Nichols, it's so good to have you with us tonight. Uh, we'll see you next week. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. And uh, we need another lady two weeks in a row. That'd be great. Stephanie, this we got it, Stephanie. Thank you. Yeah, and next week, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to hear a word about about Tank's new book, Saved. We're going to hear a word about that. We open up the show next week. So God bless you and keep you. On behalf of everybody here, uh, love you guys. Take care, and uh, we love you guys. See you all next week. Bye. Bye. Yes. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Friends, thanks for joining us on this week's program of Raising Expectations. We profoundly hope you found it engaging and at times humorous, but most of all, uplifting, so that we may, with you, one topic at a time each week, become more encouraged to move forward to an exciting future in, as we always say, this thing called life in America today. So let not your hearts be troubled, your family, finances, faith, freedom. It can be a great future as we talk, listen, respect, and pull together. Please let me hear from you. You can reach me at 972-922-8556. That's 972-922-8556 or Joe Schofield on Facebook or LinkedIn. It'd be a pleasure to know you and we hope you'll listen in again next week on the BBS Radio Network.